Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash havedrink. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your device. Also, by you. To help support the show, visit patreon.com slash haveadrinkshow. Oh, I don't know what happened. I was drinking a beer, and then I wake up wearing a helmet, and I have a tattoo of Mjolnir on, on my chest. Guess it was a Scandinavian beer getting me in touch with my inner Viking. Time to talk about this region's beers and how this region shapes those beers. So dust off the snow boots, come in, and have a drink. Welcome to Have a Drink, the show where you learn along with us about what you drink. I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. I'm Christopher Walker. And I'm Casey Price. Hello. Hey, guys. <laughs> oh, guys. It seems gonna... weird greeting you guys after just doing the news show, which you can catch at 7.30 at ah. <laughs> yeah. 7.30 oh. p.m. Eastern Time. Shameless self-plug. <laughs> All right. Uh, you know. Uh, how's everybody that. been? <laughs> oh, great. We didn't so... actually catch up. We just talked news. Yes, we don't get to small That's talk true, at actually. all on that yeah. one. Um, holy crap, what have we been up to? Like oh, All the things. I actually haven't been to any releases lately, so that's yeah, surprising. That's Water weird. not wet anymore. News. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, it's breaking. Yeah, it is. Uh, we picked up some of uh, Braxton's second try at the chocolate chip raspberry milk stout. For, and, with a, it's an ice cream collaboration. Yes, it was, with Crater's uh, Ice Cream. It was fine. More, more raspberry, uh, not quite... The chocolate I wanted less is not really a milk stout too thin, just just like last time. Uh, it's I mean it's still drinkable, but just not what they advertised. Yeah, I wasn't excited because there is more raspberry and I don't like raspberry. <laughs> but but um, never mind. Well, we talked about that in pre-show. Um, my little end of my pre-show beer is a raspberry lager. Is like, but you love this. <laughs> Do I? <laughs> uh, um, okay. Yeah, uh, I had a weird experience uh, shopping for this uh, for the episode yesterday. Oh um, yeah, because I must drink to style. I had to try to find something, anything that was, you know, of this region, and uh, so I go into my local liquor store and find that uh, there's been some changes. Uh, yeah. I talked with someone after the fact, and uh, they recently they had been bought out. Oh, by, some, by some equity firm in yeah, Kentucky, somewhere else in Kentucky, I think. I think oh yeah, there were rumblings um, of that because they were a Canadian company. 
Yeah. Wow. Do you remember like that back at Black Friday when we were in line for Bourbon County? There like some whispers. Yeah, there was floating. someone talking about that who who owned them, and they may have been in the middle of of getting that uh, getting that changed over. But um, wow. yeah, I so I go into the beer section, and there there was a drastic change. I I, I walk over to the create your own uh, create your own six pack area where I tend to think of it at, and was like. Wait, why are all these in packs? And why are they only local? I look up up, up top, and there's a sign like "local beer." Okay, then where'd you move the singles? <laughs> hmm. I turn over, and they basically instead of it being like a a wall that is roughly, let's say, I don't know, ten feet wide, they put it at double the space right over there, taking up most of an aisle. And I went, oh. Holy crap. <laughs> what from what I could gather from the photo to be their like the entire craft aisle before. Yeah. Uh, almost. I cut off just a little bit because right next to it is where all the bombers used to go. They're not in the end caps uh, anymore. They're, oh. they're right there. Okay. Uh, but I was still just like it's it's like so much more singles there. I was like, Oh, <laughs> so okay. it was a little more difficult for you to shop this was, time. It's <laughs> pretty good, but it was it was a shock. Also, it's really hard to find Scandinavian beer, and I came this close to buying a Russian beer. Yeah. So <laughs> because Russia would go, yeah, no, they're I'll ours take. anyway. <laughs> yeah, give months, months. We take, we take. It be ours. <laughs> yeah. Um. Not to spoil anything, but yeah, finding finding anything to style for this episode, little little difficult, little difficult. Yeah, it has been known uh, at this point that I am not happy at the fact that apparently. Uh, some of our favorite people who make sati, uh, it is seasonal for them to make it. So I was really hoping to get sati out of this episode, and uh, I'm sad that that it's not happening. Man, so. I was actually I was hoping to find some sati because it's been, I feel like years since I've had sati now. Oh, God. I will I will just put it out there that if you find if off color from Chicago uh, distributes to you, get the sati when it comes out. The bear bear. <laughs> It's called Bear Bear, and it's got a naked bear with a pixelated stuff on the, the label, and it's amazing, and it's, yeah, just just try it. So I'm going to go ahead and call up so she, maybe she can uh, find it. I don't know if she can find the point for later when we talk about Sati in this episode. Oh, uh, The song from a band <laughs> called Corpacani, they have an entire song about Sati. And they had Sati just... Um... Couldn't plan Finish this before for the show. For beer? No. It is not, actually. No. Oh, okay. I thought that I... It is not. There's... They actually have a few words for beer, I think. <laughs> they have more uh, than a few. <laughs> Beer's a big part of Finland. Casey, what have you been up to? <laughs> it's been pretty dead over in my neck of the woods. You know, after after I go and, and party all night at uh, in Covington, you know, I try to relax <laughs> a little bit after that. After you heckle Joko. <laughs> <laughs> I was enthusiastic. I was not heckling. That is, you, Hecklings you were, you were very enthusiastic. He, he was enthusiastic. It did, it did not come from a place of aggravation. It was <laughs> came from a place of inebriation. Um, <laughs> there you go. And as I understand, in Sweden, inebriation isn't frowned upon. No, no, uh, it is not. <laughs> is it which country is it that has the word for underwear drunk? Uh, Finnish. That's that Finland. was Finland. Yeah, Finland. I have to say because I'm pretty sure Casey has. Uh, Casey was almost an underwear drunk in public. Casey, uh, he didn't, Casey had he didn't a bad try case. to strip. But he was underwear drunk when he got it, home. That's for sure. <laughs> yes, 
that is very much my my motif. Uh, Carl Sarikanit, I believe. <laughs> what? What? Oh, the underwear drunk thing. Underwear drunk. Yeah. Thing. I got to look this up again because. Underwear drunk. We got to know because uh, there are. I still have the emoji, which is the best. There's thing an emoji for what is it for? You can get the emoji for underwear drunk. Like what's it on? I can't remember. It's fantastic though because it's just a dude drunk in his underwear. So the word is kalsarikenit. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> it means underwear. Pronunciation's better than mine. This is why you wrote this episode. Kalsarikenit. <laughs> yeah. That's that's no anybody who's actually finished is gonna listen to this and be like, um. um. <laughs> Yeah, chap, chap. Got someone that's actually finished that's listening to this episode. I, what are you doing? First I, of all, I beg you to please listen to like to email us. I, I <laughs> we will have you on. This. Yes. For that matter, can you please teach me Finnish? <laughs> it's my life goal. Stride that's for side. All right. Uh, I think we actually have some announcements. Yes, we do. Uh, so we wanted to let everybody know that um, our next episode will be Saturday, February seventeenth at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, and we are finally going to be talking about Abita Brewing Company, our, one of our new favorite places. Abita, you say? <laughs> that Bob has to be, happens to be drinking uh, right now. So um, Spoilers! <laughs> it's not like the main thing. Anyway, uh, we'd like to also remind everyone that our new news show is up. Uh, it's very. It has its very own feed and is live every Saturday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time on twitch.tv slash haveadrinkshow. Um, and look for Have a Drink News in your podcatcher of choice. Yes, and that is brought to you by our patrons. So that was yes. a Patreon goal that was unlocked in the first 24 hours. Yeah, that was quickly met, and we were like, uh, okay, this we is happening. We were prepared. <laughs> we were not Illidan, prepared. Illidan was correct about us. Correct. Um, finally, uh, we are happy to join the Diamond Club team in the year-round Extra Life campaign Woo! to support Children's Miracle Network. So Woo! you can donate to our page and help us help the team reach the $10,000 goal. Visit bit.ly slash had extra life. That's all lowercase because bit.ly is case sensitive. So H-A-D extra life. Yes. Grammatically, that's funny to me. Like, I know, right? We had an extra life. It's gone down. Had. I went with that because of that reason. <laughs> so, yeah, um, it's great that everything that Diamond Club does has moved from, you know, like the one, well, you'd almost, it's not exactly one night a year, but from the New Year's Eve streamathon on the raising money for a charity and going to do it all year round, see if we can get a huge pot of money going. And I'm super pumped for this because I want when we come around for and we're like, oh, let's get ready to ring in 2019. How close are we to the goal? Let's be like already above the goal. Let's be past the goal and be like, how high above can we push this? Mm-hmm. Now, I'm, I'm really excited about about all that. It's I, 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 we see that last night or this morning. I forget when I saw this. <laughs> it was fairly so- recently, like, but my days have ran together. We just recorded yesterday, right? Did what? What? Huh? <laughs> no. I don't know. My sense of time is completely thrown off. So, so. is mine. Don't worry. Don't blame you. All right, uh, let's throw it off a little more with some news. Uh. Yeah. All right. So our news story today: um, we're going to talk about a Scottish distillery creating the world's strongest gin with seventy-seven percent ABV. Yeah. <laughs> Someone's oh. going to do it. So that's uh, a that's a who <laughs> law. 
So a Scottish distil- distillery has created the official, officially the world's strongest gin, 77% alcohol by volume, created by Twin Twin River Distillery. Blah. And, oh my gosh, someone else? I don't know. Bancori? I don't know. Bancoroy? Bancoroy. Aberdeenshire. Aberdeenshire. Oh, I know Aberdeenshire. Uh, a limited run of just 101 bottles, not a lot, of the potent tipple uh, has been made. The Naked Gun Uncut Edition is set to launch at Gin Festival Northeast, which takes place on the 9th and 10th of February, so as of recording uh, today. <laughs> When our head distiller, uh, Liam Pennycook, uh, tasted the uncut spirits straight from the still, he decided it was too good not to share, said Ryan Rhodes, uh, brand ambassador from Twin River. By developing uncut, we really wanted to push the boundaries, but obviously ask people to enjoy it sensibly. We have to appreciate <laughs> <laughs> we, we have to appreciate that most gins are 40 to 50 percent ABV, so care must be taken. When drinking this spirit, and a small amount definitely goes a long way. So I read that sentence the first time as we underappreciate that most gins are drank by 40 to 50 year olds. <laughs> Older. Yeah. Not, not entirely wrong. No, no, much older than that. And they're drinking, uh, they're drinking like Canadian club whiskey. And you're like, you're the only. <laughs> According to the founder of uh, Aberdeen and. In, oh my god, something gin club, some kind of Scottish gin club. Uh, Peter Sims. Yeah. Uh, the gin has a creamy, nutty scent, and while it certainly packs a punch, still offers up heavy juniper taste with sweet spiciness. Mm-mm. New drink has officially beaten what was thought to be the world's strongest gin, created by a small Swedish distillery. Oh, another tie in to. Uh, tonight's show in 2017 which was 76 percent so it's like one percent i'm sure it's not even a full percent that they're edging them out uh while the majority of standard gins measure in at around half this potency oh we actually did we run the story about gins getting pulled oh we'll get to that yes. later. no yes. we didn't but this is the best last year bacardi was like no it's too strong you can't you last can't year bacardi this. was forced to recall bottles of bombay sapphire gin uh <laughs> fyi if you didn't know bacardi owns and makes bombay 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 sapphire gin god because you know they the contained part about this they contained too much alcohol i thought we ran Sorry. that story that's, that's that's the best part of that i think it is, but the best part of this whole thing is the too much alcohol they contained was 77% alcohol, the same as this. Yes. Yeah. So technically, it's it's the second highest. Uh, well, it's it's the highest, but it's the, the first official and not an accidental. Well, then, no. In May, batches of boozy drink were recalled by Canada's health authorities after they were found to contain 77% alcohol rather than the typical 40%. One batch was bottled before correct dilution to achieve the stated 40% alcohol content by volume, a spokesman for the Ontario Liquor Control Board said. As a result, the effective batch has alcohol content by volume of 77%. This product is not safe for consumption. Uh, Consuming a product with an alcohol content of 77% could cause serious illness. And Scotland said, hey, all right. Hey, that's everybody. 
I got all I I'll do it. Because no one can understand the Scots. Uh, despite fears <laughs> that this level of alcohol could pose a health risk, no illnesses were reported as a result of the faulty batch. I, I'm pretty sure we had rec- reported on that story because I was like, no, if someone could get me a bottle of that, I'd be fine. Or it was just like off the cuff between the four of us that we talked about this. It's kind of all running together at this point. I wonder if that's a decent DUI defense. They put double the amount of alcohol in my drink. I didn't know. This was <laughs> this wasn't my fault. I just ordered gin. <laughs> so no, uh, yeah, they but, say enjoy this uh, this new gin responsibly, and uh, it was 101 bottles. That's all they all they did, and they were sold yesterday and today at this gin gin conference and tasting. So I mean, so if, I'm looking at the picture of this gin. And I just keep thinking, like, these bottles are empty. And I was like, oh, because it's, it's clear alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> just, I'm so used what? to all of my liquors Wait. being brown. I, I do think uh, we have something we can say about clear alcohols. Do we actually? It may not be ready. Is it so, <laughs> not on the board? Maybe you shouldn't. I don't think it's on the board. I don't make reference that to that. Okay. Yeah, cash. maybe you shouldn't. Uh... My bad. My bad. <laughs> Look, I got the important stuff on there. Shut up. <laughs> Okay, so uh, 77% gin. Who's on board? I'm on board. Sure. I mean, whatever. I'm not normally one for gin, but okay. Eh. I mean, as long as you can water it down to 40%, you just get more gin. What is yeah. that? The one we had uh, back over Christmas. Oh, that actually one, the one that actually tasted good? Uncle Val's. Yeah. It was the aromatic uh, gin. It was like, um, effing delicious. It needed nothing mixed with it. It was just fantastic it was like botanical gin or whatever. yeah botanical yeah. it was just by itself was intoxicating not just from you know the alcohol content just smelled and tasted great you didn't need to mix yeah, anything yeah. with it gin really from good. concentrate <laughs> <laughs> looks like uncle val's is a five five ingredient gin which is kind of low on the ingredients it's juniper of course mm-hmm. um cucumber lemon sage and lavender that it sounds was, amazing it was it, delicious yeah that one was uh they have three or four different varieties, uh, but we had only had the one, the botanical. Yeah. And I can highly recommend that. So good. I mean, you don't even have to mix anything with it. I wouldn't use it as a mixer. Just pour some in a glass and enjoy flat out. Uh, one. I will say I am thinking about the the idea of uh, uh, just like, man, just imagine if Hemingway had this. Oh, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> he would have. <laughs> no. Well, it no. lasted as long as he did. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It wouldn't have been uh, would have been by his own hand. It would have been uh, liver failure that got him. On that note, just uh, saying the, ma- the boat was gin, the fish was gin, the old man was gin, the, the sea was gin. It was a sea of gin. <laughs> All right, uh, let's talk the about some tapped. Get riggedy, riggedy, I, I was waiting for that one not to work, and I was going to be like, all right, I got this. I've been trading, all my, been trading for like at least two years. Um, Joe DiMaggio was gin. Um, yeah. First up is uh, our uh, on Untapped Bell's latest. Uh, the addition of Bell's seasonal lineup, latest addition to Bell's seasonal lineup, pardon, Larry's latest sour ale is a nod to the spirit of innovation experimentation uh, instilled in the brewery by Larry Bell himself. Excuse me. In uh, 1895. Larry's latest sour uh, 
Sour Ale is a kettle-soured ale with serious burst of hops. It features highly refreshing, bright, citrusy tartness combined with pungent tropical aromas. I don't usually think of bright and pungent in the same (laughs) sentence. Uh, Get a taste of the uh, latest release from Bell's or any of the classic innovation brews. You can earn a brand new batch. Check into one of Bell's, uh, one of the Bell's beers listed below between February 10th to today as of recording and uh, the 17th. So you got a week, a little less if you're listening to this than audio. Yeah. and the Bell's latest badge is yours. This one's only around for a limited time, so be quick. Uh, so we have La- the list is Larry's latest sour, uh, Two Hearted. Hey, I've got that in the fridge right now. I can go get that this week. Uh, Lager of the Lakes, Third Coast Beer, Amber Ale, Kalamazoo Stout, Porter, mm. Oarsman, and uh, Oats, Oats Mobile Ale. Sorry, oh, yeah. I kept reading Oats that Mobile. as Oars Mobile and I was like, that, nope, nothing, that, not, no part of that is right. It's their, uh, the Oatsmobile. I think we had that on, uh, oh gosh, episodes ago, forever ago. It was really good, though. Uh, I'm curious about Larry's latest sour, but again, pungent and bright yeah. are not too A little weird. complimentary words. <laughs> um, all right, well, next up, we have uh, First Cut from Trogues. Woo! I love the look of this badge. A little, like, art on this is pretty... Um, first cut from Trogues is a nod to the yearly ritual in which hop growers dust off their pruning shears and trim the first shoots. This process bolsters the binds, ensuring a rich growing season. This refreshing 6.2% ABV IPA features a mouthful of silky Simcoe and a touch of mango. Uh, Take part in this important ritual without which the world would be a less hoppy place by enjoying a first cut. Check into one first cut from Trogues Independent Brewing between February 5th and March 5th, and you'll unlock the Hop Cycle First Cut badge. So I just have to say Trogues is rapidly becoming one of those breweries on my list where it's like, they, from what I've had, they can do no wrong. Hmm. Like Everything I've had has been absolutely delicious. I think we still have some fresh squeezed. I think so. Yeah, the, the, yeah, 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 I think we do have some. <laughs> Uh, fresh squeezed hoppy beer. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just picturing like, like, oh, getting my getting my breakfast ready. Mm. And some some bacon and some fresh squeezed. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, yeah, no. Generally, I like uh, what I've had of Trogues. I think I've liked, but I need to need to get more into them. I yeah, feel like. before we discontinued uh, the video episodes at their previous iteration, um, we were planning to do a Trogues pack. But that kind of got canceled in favor of bringing you all the top tier level of our uh, Patreon now. So, and those, again, you can check those out on YouTube if you want to know what those were. And those will be. We still have to reshape our Patreon uh, on when it comes to those things. But, yeah, that will be our top tier reward, I believe, moving forward. Hmm. Because there is a massive cost involved with getting all those beers spread yeah. amongst the four of us. A little bit. True, but uh, but yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. All right. So uh, just before we get into the topic at hand, uh, first show ever, <laughs> we have a bit of a sponsor. <laughs> the devil, you say? Getting, getting, uh, we've sold out, taking that corporate money. 
taking any money. Um, so we'd like to take this time to thank our amazing patrons over at patreon.com slash have a drink show for supporting the podcast. But we'd also like to thank audible.com. Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a 30-day free trial to give you the opportunity to check out the service. And one of us uh, wants to feature what we are currently listening to slash reading. <laughs> Before we get to that, I do want to say that one of my coworkers who knows that I, I do podcasts has been like, I, you got to tell me when you start getting audible things and then <laughs> true. got to hook me up with those codes. We got it now. We got the code. Uh, yeah. Uh, I do have an audio book I've been listening to. If you don't mind me yeah. hopping on in. Go ahead and share. Uh, yeah. I've been reading uh, Edward R. Murrow and the Birth of Broadcast Journalism. I know it's not drinking related, but I'd be interested in that one. Though. I, I have eclectic tastes. <laughs> uh no, it's uh, it's only like a four-hour audiobook, uh, so I'm not super far into it, but I, uh, it's it's going over basically Edward Murrow and his his career from, you know, it's a it's a biography. It talks about his life and it goes into, you know, him starting up uh, doing the broadcasts in uh, uh, in England during uh, during the Blitz. Mm, <laughs> like, holy crap. Wow. Yeah, right. and they have actual like they they took the recordings. It's an audio book. They took the recordings of of his broadcasts, and they have them parts of them like broken up into the into the book. And so like you That's get to cool. hear like him talk about like you know like you hear like a slight thud as like during his broadcast like yep, and that's another of the bombs going off. Just oh my gosh, just I need there, this. and you're just like, holy crap! I need this in my life. And we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll make sure to put this um, the recommendation uh, of this week's episode on the show notes so that everybody has like uh, a reference point for that. But yeah, no, uh, it's, a, it's a short read. It's, it's really cool. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to finishing it up, and I figured you guys might like it too. Oh, yeah. That actually sounds really awesome. I just, as soon as I saw the title in there, I was just going to... Is there any reference to the movie The Network? Come on, come on. <laughs> I, I've uh, got to have someone screaming, I'm mad as hell, and I'm not going to take it anymore. <laughs> uh, no, no, I don't think there's a reference to it off the top. I, I've not finished it, so I don't know. <laughs> I can't say for certain. Oh. <laughs> well, it should be at the end if there is. Right. right. Yeah. Right. All right. All right. Um, to, so to download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash haveadrink. Uh, again, that's audibletrial.com slash haveadrink. For your free audiobook. So you want to, you want something free from us, or right, there it is. Go get it. <laughs> All it's right. A good way to help us out if you don't feel like giving us uh, giving us regular Patreon uh, Patreon money. Yeah. True. Yeah. All right. Uh, and I believe we have a topic. All right. Let's see if this, this this sound works. They did, yeah. It's from the iPad, so. <laughs> uh, now I'm wondering, like, oh, how close are we getting to takedown notices? Uh, <laughs> it was, it was not very, not very large. I don't that know. was Corpo <laughs> singing their song "Sati," and if you look through it's any of their albums, bands. every song is named after an alcohol, either they a have... liquor or a beer or something. So, so so far they have a, a song Songs. for vodka, which they say vodka. They have a song for. Um, was it Carigne or something? The Brazilian special yes. drink? Yes, they have tequila. Um, tequila. 
Uh, they have salty, beer, beer, bring uh, us beer, pints beer, of beer, bring us pints of beer. There's happy little boozer. Happy, oh, yes, that's true. Yeah. So they're they're, they're great. from Finland. They're my uh, which favorite is part of our topic thing ever. Yes, it is. So go ahead. So <laughs> first of all, we need to clarify what we're talking about when we say Nordic, Scandinavian, or Baltic. Mm. From the wiki, the term Scandinavian is commonly referred. <laughs> Scandinavia is commonly used for Denmark, Norway, and Sweden. The term Nordic countries is used unambiguously for Denmark, Norway, and Sweden, Finland, uh, pardon, and Iceland, including their associated territories. Greenland, the... Faro. I don't know how to say that. Faroe. Faroe? Faroe. Faroe. Faroe Islands and the Oland Islands. Oland, yep. Look, there's an umlaut anywhere. I don't know how to say it. Well, that's not an umlaut, but either way. Get you ready. Put weird accents. I don't know what to do. Get ready for a lot of us having. This is going to be a Google Translate heavy episode. <laughs> this episode also brought to you by Google, Google Translate. Translate. <laughs> uh, Scandinavia can thus be considered a subset of the Nordic countries. Furthermore, the term Fennoscandia refers to Scandinavia, Finland, and Karelia. Karelia. Uh, including Denmark and overseas territories. But the usage of the term is restricted to geology when speaking of uh, the Fennoscandian shield, uh, the Baltic shield. Karelia is uh, an area out, um, just on the edge uh, in, in part of Finland. Finland, Finland, Finland. That's the country for me. No, no, Monty <laughs> Python for me. Okay, never mind. Uh, so, uh, in addition... Uh, let's see. I got a little thing here. In addition to the mainland Scandinavian countries of Denmark, Norway, Swin- uh, Sweden, Nordic countries, Finland, Iceland, Oland those islands, Oland, Oland, Oland. There is an A, Brittany. A's don't make O sounds. The little circle above it, because in Finnish, um, that that A with the little circle, it looks like a degree symbol almost. Uh, the little circle above it, um, it's called Rotalainen O. And that it's uh, the Swedish O. It has oh, a halo. Good, good. Their accents are even imp- uh, unpronounceable. <laughs> yes, the um, Rotalainen O. But what's more important is in that uh, little graphic, I don't know if she can get that up, is that all the flags look pretty much the same with the different <laughs> the color cross. pattern. Yeah. Except Greenland. Yeah, Greenland was like, F you all. We're going with this <laughs> yeah, weird we're circle, circle thing. Whatever. I don't know. We're almost Japanese. Just look at it. <laughs> uh and Svalbard, which is like the most Viking sounding oh, thing yes. ever. The Armored Bear <laughs> Island. Yes, Svalbard. <gasps> bear Island? <laughs> <laughs> Not that Bear Island. I was going his Dark Materials Bear Island. Ah, yes. Oh, okay. I was I was hoping that they was ruled by a small a small like ten year old girl who has no time for anyone's crap. <laughs> I love her so much. Uh Today, the term uh, farm house ale refer, uh, refers to the origin uh, origin of the tradition. Uh, for many destination brings instantly uh, for any of this, uh, the destination designation. Sorry, been drinking. <laughs> the designation uh, instantly brings you to Belgium and France, uh, but a more but it's a more generic term. Uh, once most beer in Europe was farmhouse ale or farmhouse ales. Uh, what confuses people is that unlike Belgian and French farmhouse sales, Nordic and Baltic traditions are still largely domesticated uh, domestic brewing, brewing practices, an ancient way of home brewing. 
And that's why these traditions are unique within the beer culture of Europe. It's also why these beers are rarely exported, uh, can be hard to find even in their own countries, and do not do not store well, and will likely not become commercial hits. Amen to that. <laughs> yeah, they are. So let's just say in acquiring uh, two theme beers for this episode, extremely hard to come across. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, admittedly, there are some commercial farmhouse ale breweries in the Nordics and the Baltics, but basically they have just scaled up old domestic techniques. Uh, there are some ancient ales that have survived to the present day. Uh, Sati in Finland. Uh, I have this one. Hold on. I'm pretty sure in that Estonia. was just someone with a didgeridoo, right? <laughs> Wait, it's from Estonia. Quick, someone call T two T two. Put up the signal. Um, so the the words all are all consonants, but they sound like they're all vowels. Yeah. Yes, yes. I don't think they know how consonants work. Okay, I can't um, say anything for the non-Finnish ones. I got nothing there. <laughs> Not that someone. I'm got looking obs- this one up. Someone got obsessed Hold with on. Finland for a little while. I'm still obsessed with Finland. I would say a little while. Yeah, I I don't know what you're talking about there, but uh, uh, yeah, I'm trying uh, to look this other one up. <laughs> while you're looking up, I'm gonna try it again. Gotlandristik in what Sweden. That's probably correct. Uh, here, I found it. No way, that's correct. Gotlandstikke. Gotland Srika. Shockingly close. Okay. What? Um, <laughs> uh, Moltoy. Sure. In Norway. Kamishkas. Yeah. We may, just, we may just as well just like bastardize the rest of these. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Somewhere out there, there are people laughing at me. T2T2, I'm sorry. Yes. No, no, I meant that as like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm okay with this. Uh, these traditions stem from the same origin and have much in common. Uh, well, it's not certain when these traditions took shape, but likely were developed during the Iron Age. Good Lord. <laughs> uh, before the principles of modern brewing were established in, in the Middle Ages. Okay, uh, super quick pause. I just want to mention um, where we got this information from this amazing blog uh, called Brewing Nordic. And I've got, I'm going to definitely have a link to it in the show notes, but this guy is about what's up and he is one in i don't i don't i didn't see where uh he was located exactly but he's definitely within that like nordic region so um yeah his his blog had a lot of useful information so definitely check that out sorry yeah uh in all nordic and baltic countries the word for beer derives from the same origin as ale out in finland in finland Olu in Estonia, Ul in Sweden, Ol, Ul, I don't know, in yeah. Denmark. I don't know how to pronounce yeah, we're just going with the rest of this. or things with strikes through them. Uh, <laughs> and Els in Lithuania and Latvia. Uh, hence, I like to speak about ales, but I do not tend to refer to the ale-aged beer or uh, ale lager classification. Sorry, that's from the, the, from bo- the article. Dog. Yeah, sorry. Uh, I knew I'd forget something. <laughs> that's fine. I... Basically, you just forgot the quotation marks. Uh, I didn't realize they were, where we were getting that part from. Uh, farmhouse ales, although, good job mentioning it before we got there. Ah, yes. Mm. Eh, eh. <laughs> See? See? Planning. Mm. Uh, farmhouse ales have been made uh, in different strengths for different purposes. Low-alcohol, small beers uh, have been part of the diet and drank by everyone, children included. <laughs> that's in, I mean, Man. that's like most history, I think, that it's just everybody. I was going to say, that's also like... 
well, okay, I don't know this for certain, but from what I'm told in parts of Europe, like, oh, yeah, we got low alcohol beers for kids. They're fine. Kinder beer. Kinder beer, right. Like Germany is what I was thinking of specifically, but I think also maybe a bit in France. Um, or as uh, Germany sometimes thinks, French Germany. Um, in the feasts, uh, in the feast sales was expected to be a rich taste and strong in alcohol. Uh, uh, for example, sati should have a uh, at least a 6% ABV. Uh, besides alcohol content, this division was also a distinct effect on the ingredients and brewing techniques. Daily ales should be easy to brew on a weekly basis, while feast ales should uh, be the best brew the house has to offer. I want a feast um, ale because it just sounds awesome. <laughs> can that be the next Delatter's beer? A feast ale? Ooh, we got to think of a good pun. That's the name, the name of the sati. Mm. Yeah, because we're totally yes. making a sati. But no, we have to do the... the... In, the old, in the old way, right, Casey? Where we hollow out a log... Yeah. Line it with the branches of evergreen trees. But we have to do of evergreen the, juniper juniper trees. We have to do the breakfast specifically juniper. The breakfast IPA holler towel and oats. Hmm. Holler towel and oats. I forgot about that. Uh, all right. Um, in Finland and Estonia, tradition uh, traditional ales uh, seem to be uh, either small beer, beers or feast beers, uh, feast ales. But the medium strength ales exist in Norway, Sweden, and Lithuania. Beers of about five to six percent. Uh, malted and non-malted grains, juniper branches, hops, yeast, and uh, are the basic ingredients for these ales. Malted barley is the most common base, but also rye, oats, wheats uh, are uh, used in both malted and unmalted forms. All right, so brewing today. Unfortunately, traditional home malting has mostly disappeared, and now most brewers use commercial malts. In Norway and Lithuania, some brewers still malt in the traditional way. In Finland, some farmers have revived home malting, but few malt in the most traditional way in smoke saunas or drying barns. Oh, yeah. Say, Korpaklani also has a song about saunas. Just putting that out there. It's cottages and saunas. Cottages and saunas. Juniper is the most important brewing herb in the Nordic and Baltic farmhouse ales. Traditionally, the juniper flavor comes from the branches laid on the bottom of the Lauter Tun filter, or from juniper infusion, uh, branches infused in hot water. The taste of branches is uh, needle-like and woody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll One would there. imagine. Uh, somewhat different than flavors of berries. Hops are used fairly often, but usually in minor quantities. Sati is often unhopped. Uh, Lithuania is a notable exception for this. Their farmhouse brewers generally do not use juniper, but slightly more hops. Hmm, I kind of want to try that. Mm. Nevertheless, Lithuania... Oh, God. Kaimiskas? It's your turn. Kaimiskas. I guess. Uh, Mamushkas. <laughs> yes, Mamushkas. Kamiskas is typically malt forward, but some versions can be even described as hoppy. House yeasts are rare these days, but some brewers in Norway and Lithuania are still fermenting with their traditional heirloom yeasts. Oh, those would be cool to get a hold of. Uh, uh, those yeasts yeah. help you level to uh, <laughs> and level max level. Like they, they scale as you. Yeah. Oh. They might. No, so I, I could get... see uh, some big brewers, or not even big brewers, but some craft brewers paying some uh, some decent money to get a hold of some of those heirloom yeasts. Uh, in the past, some houses made both bread and beer with the same yeast. 
and hence it is natural that many traditional brewers use now baker's yeast, though commercial. Uh, some also use brewer's yeast, but in Saute, only traditional house yeast or commercial baker's yeast are allowed. This rule is written in the EU Traditional Specialties Guaranteed Appellation of Saute. So apparently, sati is kind of a thing. Like you yeah. have to be very specific. Uh, we'll talk about it at the like at the end of all this. But yeah, sati. There are very few commercial examples, and it is like the only commercially available. Like one of the very few of yeah. these styles that we're talking about. All right. Um, you want uh, so you want some of that Nordic L yeast, Chris? Maybe, maybe I could. You could slip me a check little out. Demo. White Labs, WLP 611. Hmm. But are they gonna... The yeast has probably gone bad. I was going to say, are they going <laughs> to sell me the correct yeast? Or am mm. I going to be left-hand brewing who gets a ton of the wrong yeast? So this is tradition. This is, is specifically actually a blend of yeast, two belonging to Saccharomyces and one to a yeast strain that I've actually never heard of, Torulaspora delbruckii. Sure. Uh, toru, tor, toru not going to work here anymore. <laughs> Um, so yeah, this, this is a fairly new yeast strain that actually only comes out every once in a while when people do pre-orders for it, then they'll send out like a whole batch of it at one time. Hmm. But yeah. All right. So, uh, Norway, um, one of the, you know, Nordic countries, uh, as with most countries in Europe and America, the most popular style of beer in Norway is Pilsner style pale lager. According to the Norwegian Brewers Association, most beer brewed in Norway is a pale lager. Until recently, this was the only style of beer to be had, except at Christmas time when Christmas beers became available. These are dark malt beers traditionally brewed for the holiday season. Due to government restrictions, beers above 4.75% ABV are only available from licensed premises or from the state-run Vinmonopolit which is a wine monopoly liquor stores. <laughs> this hmm. has resulted in some foreign breweries decreasing the alcohol content in their beer in order to make them legal for supermarket retail. Wow. I never thought about, uh, about other countries having similar problems as I know. Right. So actually, as I was reading up a little bit on this, um, some of those Nordic countries, it was illegal to sell beer up until like the 1980s. Oh wow! Holy crap! And, you, and like, and everything else, you kind of think of them as being slightly more progressive. Like in clean energy, they're definitely more progressive than we are. Um, healthcare, like, I mean, it's it's kind of nuts. So then you you do the beer thing, and you're like, wait, what just happened? <laughs> um, Norway has limited availability of beers on tap in pubs and nightclubs. This is due to the custom of each pub signing a contract with one brewery, limiting them to providing draft beer from that brewery. In exchange, the old saloon method. I, I know, say, right? It sounds awfully familiar. Um, and in exchange, the brewery will, will provide the bar with all the systems required for pulling beer, including tanks, taps, and glasses. In place of the tap selection, bars often carry a number of bottled beers. However, these usually carry hmm. a much higher price tag. This which... is this is exactly the old saloon system. This is kind of Utah, except for the bottle part, but. <laughs> Yeah, like it's like I need a beer. They will get you the beer that they have on draft. Yeah, and that's I mean that's still... they pay, yeah 
they they still make money like with like marketing stuff like that. Oh no no no, that's not. That's still very much the system in Europe. You oh. you go into a the the brewery there in town and you say one beer please, mm. and yeah. that's what you get is the beer. Weird. And then even some some of the uh, breweries in Germany will actually go as far as you have a coaster that is your coaster. Whenever you get a beer refill, they make a knock or a notch on the the coaster itself, and then at the end you pay by how many notches you have. Oh wow! I actually really like that idea. That's kind of fun, actually. I'm good. Yeah, no, I that, want that. That would turn into a game for us, I feel like. <laughs> Who could turn in the smallest coaster at the end of the night? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's how the game would end up with us. That could be dangerous. Um, okay. Uh, in Norway, beer is classified into four categories by ABV, labeled from A to D. Uh, the class both determine the tax level, age restrictions, where and when it can be sold. Class A beer has an ABV of less than 0.7% and is, for all intents and purposes, alcohol-free beer. It's yeah. not, <laughs> yeah, it's not taxed more than general foodstuffs and can be sold anywhere, anytime, and bought by anyone. I would yeah, assume but at what so. Cost? Yeah, like people <laughs> like buying kombucha. Um, class B beer has an ABV between 0.7 and 2.75%, and it's considered uh, light beer. Uh, it's high, It's lightly taxed and can be sold anywhere, anytime with an age limit of 18 years. Um, See, that makes sense to me to call that light beer. Or yeah. Little. No. Straight up. Uh, yeah, whatever that word is. I didn't mean to attempt it. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Class C beer has an ABV between 2.75 and 3.75. The category is not in common use because <laughs> that's like a weird range probably yeah that's it within a percentile yeah um class d beer has an abv between 3.75 and 4.75 it's considered standard strength taxation is significant age limit is 18 years and sales are subject to local regulation in most parts of norway class d beer can be purchased from common supermarkets but only before uh what is that 10 p.m on weekdays and no that's uh is that eight i'm sorry military time um <laughs> that would be eight yeah be uh, eight. 8 p.m and 6 p.m on saturdays that seems wrong 1800 either way yeah uh, 6 p.m on before. saturdays so that's on a week weird. okay why uh, is the weekend earlier they cut off early. yeah 8 p.m on weekdays so, so you have to okay. go to the bars but, well that would make sense <laughs> no yeah. problem there uh, yeah in some parts of Norway, it can only be purchased through licensed beer stores also. It's... See, now that I've read this, it makes a whole lot more sense that their prohibition on beer specifically. Now, they could still have liquor and wine, but beer was the one that they, they said no to. Yeah, this yeah. is specifically Which... talking about beer. So but I, the yeah. liquor is effing disgusting. <laughs> that black what? licorice crap. Oh, because, yeah, it, the thing oh. in, in a lot of Nordic and even Scandinavian countries... They're, but their black licorice is also different. It's it's a um, a very salty black licorice taste. It's not like what we would get here. You're not selling me on it. I know. You're um, gonna die when you hear what I'm drinking today. Because uh, the, their black licorice, like they even have black licorice ice cream, which is like a huge thing, and like it's it's <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, so uh, beer over four point seven five percent is considered strong beer, and is only through the government controlled liquor store chain. Vin Monopolit. 
Uh, it's tax <laughs> monopoly, which, which yeah. means which wine means monopoly. Yeah, <laughs> wine monopoly. Uh, it's taxed according to ABV <laughs> level, as with wines and spirits, and carries an 18-year age limit. Because of course, in I think the rest of the world, practically 18 is the legal Jeez. age to drink, whereas in the U.S. it's 21. So. It used to be 18 in the U.S. I don't understand why it's not. It seems kind of. I mean, I don't know. It's a few years difference. Um. Anyway, I'm kind of glad. Well, yeah, it could have now that I'm over now that I'm over the age. I'm like, no, please. I've seen the 18 year olds. We don't need to give them alcohol. They're dumb enough. True. But they get it anyway. I guess. Do do we need a clip from Hot Fuzz when we talk about that? When it's the kids. Oh, drunk in the pub laughing and then like his braces are blinding and gleaming. Yeah. Uh, Okay, so the Swedish stuff. So Swedish law defines two alcohol thresholds that govern where and who. So I'm picturing Swedish law like it's like Napoleonic law, and it's just like, like what? Hands of Swedish law. Jeez. Um, So it it governs where and to whom a given type of beer may be sold. Uh, Latul, i.e. beer below the lower threshold, 2.25% by volume, is considered a that were light beverage and may be sold anywhere to age 18 or over um starkle uh beer above the upper threshold 3.5 percent abv may be uh, may only be sold in system bolaget stores to people aged 20 or above and in pubs to people aged 18 or above folkul uh, beer between the two thresholds may be sold in grocery stores, but only to people aged 18 or above. Since the 3.5% threshold is reasonably close to the alcohol content of an international lager beer, many international brands such as Heineken, Carlsberg, and Pilsner Urkel are sold in two versions in Sweden, the internationally renowned product as a Starkul and System Bogalakt, whatever that says, and a slightly watered-down version of as a... Uh, in the grocery stores. See, I got some of the crazy words too. Because <laughs> I don't know any Swedish. But you knew how to say them. No, I was making that up. She's lying. <laughs> Sorry, I got have distracted. I ever... Go ahead. I was going to say, have I ever said how glad I was about writing my own section of this entire <laughs> doc? So yeah, Casey got to do his own section because when it came down to it, we were all so disgusted in researching this. We were like, <laughs> You do the Baltic Porter. We're so mad at this. You deal with the one thing that anyone knows about I, from this region. I would have been happier had there been more Finnish words. <laughs> Even though, like, I don't speak it perfectly, but Finnish is, like, the cra- like the easiest language because it's one letter, one sound. Like, there's no hominid. Like, there's... It, it's like straightforward. Like if you know but the alphabet, like that you can pronounce the words. Like I don't do it well. Sentence, <laughs> if you look at a sentence and finish, it's like someone threw spaghettios against a wall. <laughs> it makes yeah. no sense with other symbols. Well, well there's there that are one. No big words in Finnish in like system bogalaget. Oh no! Actually, yeah. fin- um, the Finnish language uh, at Suomi actually has um, the longest word in any language ever of course it does why wouldn't it (laughs) so let's talk about the baltic porter the one style anyone before this episode was associated with the baltic porter (laughs) throughout this region we would be remiss if we didn't let you know that most of the history is going to be tied to the beer history of the most prominent beer brewing countries of germany belgium 
and the United Kingdom. The key modern version of a Baltic beer is the Baltic Porter, a dark malt-driven beer with retained and restrained roastiness. The flavor has a multi-layer maltiness with a very dark fruit flavor backing note. Um, comes through as some of that very um, uh, well-rounded fruitiness. Now, beer that was imported to the region from England in the 1700s was of higher alcohol variety as it survived the trip much better. This is why we have IPAs that are much higher alcohol than what you would normally see with the Pale Ale. The beers that came to this area were made with brown malts, and they came here with export varieties, which means that they were 2 3 4% higher ABV than what you would get in normal varieties in England. The region really liked that, though, and so they latched onto the style, and they said, you know, this is what beer should taste like. So the higher alcohol matched well with the cold temperatures in Russia, Poland, Sweden, Finland, Latvia, Lithuania, and Estonia. With the Baltic countries, they started to make their own beer. Now, their flavor profile in the beer that they made of their own matched up with the super porters that they were importing externally from England. Have you ever wondered maybe where the term imperial stout came from? Um, some people actually say it was because the Russian, and I think they're probably right on this, the Russian imperial court loved these beers so much. They were importing them. They were drinking them all the time. These were the the hoity-toity bunch of the Baltics. And so it was basically said, oh, yeah, you're, you're, you're drinking the imperial beer, the beer that the, the, the imperial court drinks. So it was a, a big thing then. Uh, Sweden's first porter brewery was actually started in 1791 by William Knox, a, a Scotsman of all things, who had moved to uh, Gotberg, Goat, Got, Gotborg, I believe. Um, yeah, when Napoleon, okay, I have one word. When Napoleon <laughs> put forward a policy for continental blockade, it slowed, if not stopped altogether, import of beers to the Baltic region from that area. Uh, or from from uh, UK and from that region specifically um, to the Baltic region, and further develop the local creation of these beers. If you can't get it imported, let's go ahead and make it ourselves. Um, barley has not really grown well uh, since the Middle Ages. Uh, as a side note, not really grown well in that region because of the temperature hmm. uh, until recently. And huh. has a lot to do with some... Uh, inconvenient truths. It, that are out it would, there. It's interesting. It's is it is it because it's somehow warmer there than it used to be? Might be the fact that that could be a thing. But anyway, um, <laughs> as the style he goes changed, much higher, he's only dogs will hear him. Uh, the style changed though, and uh, with this local creation of beers, they they kind of mixed up the ingredients. Uh, the traditional British malts and hops were switched for easier to get and cheaper regional malts. So they may have went from um, from British malts and hops to continental malts, which would have come from uh, mainland Europe there, where you've got uh, Belgium and uh, Germany. So you're you're looking more toward German hops for the early start. Um, in addition to that, the biggest change took place just due to natural selection. So the temperatures are much cooler there in that region. These beers were brewed there, and so yeasts that uh, were were in those mixtures where they were brewing, they, they kind of adapted. Keep in mind, yeast wasn't actually even a sure thing that was discovered until 1857. It was, it was just sort of, we know that's, 
concoction makes good beer, and so let's keep adding it back in. They didn't know exactly what that was. Sure to keep using the magic wand. Was not, <laughs> it, yeah, it was yeah. not originally in the Reinheitsgebot. They had to later add it when they discovered it, and they were like, oh, exactly. wait. And and you get this big sludge at the bottom. Well, just take three cups of that big sludge and put it in the next batch of beer, and that makes good beer. And so that's kind of what they were looking at whenever they were making these beers. Or even uh, top cropping was was actually very common in Britain, Great Britain, because you would just have these systems where you would make one beer, and then as it would foam up, as it was fermenting very vigorously, the foam would pour over into the next beer and start that process because huh. you were getting the very freshest yeast. Oh, what's the name of that? Um it's not top cropping, but there's a, there's a specific name for that. Um, it's like it's it's some weird daisy chaining of pots, is what I'm picturing. That's <laughs> yeah, exactly what it is. Yes, absolutely. Um, croisoning. That's the name for it. Croisoning. Um, so as the yeast that were working well were the ones that were reused through this whole process, what you got was ale yeasts that ferment at a high temperature. Those yeasts didn't do so well. And you keep reusing the same same sludge at the bottom of the tank. You keep reusing it. The L yeasts, say you had 100 million L yeasts per milliliter, and you only had a million lager yeasts. Well, the lagers are doing great. They're multiplying five times each time you go through this. The L yeasts, they're, they're doing like a quarter or half of what they normally could do because of the cold temperatures. So lagers are really ramping up. Yeasts that are L yeasts are coming back down. So the traditional beer from this region would have been a blend of L and lager yeast, but eventually lager yeast took over mm-hmm. as being the main flavor component that you would get. So the, the whole process here proved that yeasts kind of select their environment as much as we select as brewers the yeasts that we want to use. So the new lager yeasts produced a cleaner product, fewer fruity esters, um, at this same time, I know, right? Um, because of the loss of those heavy L ester flavors, the smokiness of the malt. So we're using, keep in mind, we're using those dark malts that are, were used that used to be from Great Britain. That originally these malts were dried using smoke, and so they started to get this little smoky flavor to them. Um, that smokiness was pretty well balanced with a little bit of L flavor. But whenever yeah. you add Ales, that, what? yes. But whenever you add that, um, the lager aspect, where you you lose all those additional flavors and that rounded outness, you want more of a clean fav- flavor at the back end. So it kind of made it made more sense whenever black patent malts were invented, and it was around the same time. Um, literally, it's a patented process, and so they. No, 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 no. I, I heard patent as in World oh. War II general. Oh, like just gotcha. charging through, going like go. Move! Look at that beat, Monty. So uh, once these these malts were invented, the brewers in the area really picked them up quickly, and which made their beers really dark, only slightly roasty, um, just a slight hint of roastiness, and more of a clean flavor, very similar to the Schwarz beer hmm. of Germany. So craft beer has really adopted the style, and that goes back for a few different reasons. First off, it's different. Um, second, it tends to be higher in alcohol because it is export style. It's a higher alcohol content and it's dark. Those are three things that really look sexy to a brewer that's doing a microbrew thing. Well, it also stands out drastically against traditional American. Absolutely. Beer. Yeah. So you just look at it and go, this is unlike anything I've ever had. Mm-hmm. So. Well, it's, it's, 
so yes and no. And I'm glad you said that because unlike anything I have ever had is is maybe a misnomer because it is so close to what they've had before because it is that lager strain of yeast. Mm-hmm. It's a dark version of what you would expect to be a strong Budweiser. So it's a little bit roasty, but very clean like Budweiser would be. So it's kind of a good transition beer. But there's going to be like flavor to it. We're going to talk. We're going to talk a lot about this in a minute. (laughs) Uh, So the number of traditional breweries in the Baltic region that still make this style are very few. Uh, The major beer of choice, like the rest of the world in this region, is going to be that international lager style reminiscent of Budweiser itself. Or actually, if we're talking about actual Russia, Budweiser itself. Yes, exactly. Um, it's the number one beer in, in many countries, and this this region of the U.S. isn't out, you know. No, oh, sorry, this region of the world isn't out. No, the US not is the world, Bud right? Light, but like Budweiser, like the actual, you know what I mean? Like, say that like a, that, that makes it better. Well, there is a slight <laughs> difference. I, it, Bud Light is basically water. I mean. <laughs> the Sex canoe. on a canoe. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, Lacroix. Oh, oh, sorry. This one I wanted to put this one in. Lacock. Oh, Lacock. I thought, <laughs> I thought you were going to pronounce it as like a Lacroix. I was like, that doesn't look right. Uh, Lacock Brewery, the Cock Brewery in Estonia, probably makes one of the oldest versions of the style. Although the brewery has where it is now isn't where it's always been. It's continuously produced this style for a long I, time. So what I've found out from this episode is that I need to win the lottery. And then just go travel Europe for beer. That's drinking. how you learn for okay. beer. Yeah. Uh, so the 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 vacation that I want to do anyway is the Adventures by Disney, which is uh, a cruise, a Baltic cruise to Finland. You I don't to- have one point six billion dollars. It's Brittany. not. It's not even that much. Uh, I mean, it's expensive, but it's not even that much. Uh, <laughs> but it, you go to uh, Helsinki, Finland. You go to Saint Petersburg, mm-hmm. Russia. You go to Estonia. You go to um, is it Denmark? I think. Yes, you go yeah. to Copenhagen. So uh, we should just do that as a show, obviously. You know. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe if we save up for the next all the money thirty <laughs> year, next thirty years of Patreon money. Yeah, and no big deal. I've got to say, looking ahead in Casey's, I was about to buy uh, a couple of these beers actually that he's gonna bring up. Yeah. So um, if you were out there looking for some some great beers uh we'll talk about a couple of those but look look to what this region is doing now um they're starting to pick up the style again and january for the last three years and again next year on january 19th it'll be baltic porter day um I and that's love, kind of i i love the undercurrent of the growing european craft beer movement yeah yeah sorry that it's off topic but Oh yeah. No, that's when we a... start mentioning mentioning regions, like eventually you get to, and they're starting to make their own craft beer now. It's like yes, mm-hmm. uh, no, it's yeah, exciting. It, there's there's a re readoption of beer culture, so people really are big into their own personal background, and and I'm happy to see many of these breweries and many of these organizations picking up on that and and pulling in. This is what our history is, and let's let's drink through our history because that's what makes it fun. But you can find some great examples that are American-made craft beers. Uh, from Jack's Abbey, you've got Framing Hammer, and that's fairly yeah. fairly Sorry. good example of the style. Yes, because they're from Frame, Framingham um, in Massachusetts. Uh, Four Bean is from Six Point, and High Wire has Enchanter. 
And then also they have Smutty Nose has a beer that is just named Baltic Porter, I believe. Oh, straightforward. So I was like trying it. to find that, but I was pretty sure <laughs> I don't get Smutty Nose down here. Yeah. Just, we, we, um, we have some, but not a lot. So, yeah, that's one of the styles that's recognized by the BJCP from this area. I think it's the only style of uh, other than Sati that's recognized by the BJCP. Hmm. And, and Sati's pretty recent. Yeah, and it's a historical yeah. style that's not considered to be brewed in current day. Um, despite although, being brewed in current day. <laughs> despite that's so totally the way they, being wrong, My basically. understanding, the way they do that is if they publish the style and then people brew it, it it's not considered. Yeah. It's a... yeah. It, yeah. It's not alive and growing, but yeah. Um, finally, the last thing, which we don't have to spend forever on it or anything, but um, I have a list posted on there. Uh, beer Advocate has a lot of great like lists of top, you know, beer in X category. Uh, they've got top rated Scandinavian beers, um, and I just wanted to kind of take a glance at the top ten because it's actually quite a long list. Um, so they've they've. Uh, most of these are from McKellar, <laughs> which is kind of like the default if you can't find any like. Which was when we the... had our little personal hangout and suddenly yeah. I was out trying to find a beer that would work for this episode. And I'm posting and I was like, what is something that will work for the upcoming episode? And he's like, I That's don't know, anything McKellar. from McKellar. And I was like, no, there's just, he's from there. He doesn't brew anything to style yeah, from there. That's which the thing. Like, it enraged me. McKellar does collaboration stuff, but, and, and they're from Denmark, you know, but uh, it's, it's all mostly um, just crazy stuff. Not <laughs> like, this is a traditional blah, blah, blah. You know, it, it's not that at all. <laughs> yeah, McKellar stuff is more of, I partnered with so-and-so, and then we took pure gold and shoved it up a camel's ass. And... <laughs> um, I, I I don't know how to say uh, a lot of these, uh, like a lot of the breweries um, on the top on the top 10 here on, on Beer Advocate. So we will definitely link to this. Other than McKellar. Uh, one of the, the number six on the list, though, is a Russian Imperial Stout, and it's called Odin's Temp Triple. Tipple. 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 Sorry. Odin's Tipple. Which is actually better, Would but you, uh, that's you, a great name. You I'm can get that, that beer there. domestically; like it is imported and highly available. That's Odin's Tipple, fantastic. Um, so, so yeah, so just note that that we're gonna have that available in case you can actually get any of these near you, um, or maybe you're not in the U.S. and you're luckier than we are trying to find this stuff. Mm. So that'll be there. About uh, number eleven. Goliath. Yeah. I don't know. Goliath. Goliath. <laughs> no idea. Goliath. Um, no, 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 that's McKellar. No, wait, that's McKellar as well. That's McKellar. Everything is McKellar. Uh, that's McKellar as well. Oh, okay. Everything is McKellar or gin. <laughs> oh, no, wait. Uh, we have... Uh, McKellar is the gin. Lazarite uh... <laughs> from War Pigs Brew Pub. Oh, no, wait. That's a McKellar collaboration. Never mind. <laughs> With three Floyds, I'll, I'll add. Oh, that's weird. No, they have a line of brew pubs uh, between McKellar and through. Three Floyds. Oh, yeah. We covered oh. that. Yes, we did. <laughs> we probably did. We did spend a minute. Um, I think so we might have something. Yeah, so for once, we have some feedback, you guys. What? Yeah. <laughs> for again. For, for once in a while. We got a bit, but... <laughs> yeah. Always <laughs> glad to have feedback. Uh, it feels like it has been a little while since we've had something yeah, we can, it's, it's we been can a have on the show. Uh, but uh, it says, uh, hi, Had Gang. 
Uh, I've tried to enjoy scotch in the past, but I've always found it pretty harsh. After listening to this show, I learned a lot about the regional varieties and their flavor profiles. Uh, a few of the names were familiar, but there's a lot more, uh, a lot more that I, uh, than I was aware of. Uh, I came into uh, I came into possession of an older, unopened bottle of uh, Dunhill Blended. Ooh. It's better than I expected, uh, especially with a sliver of ice added. Not so much to water it down. No, uh, I... I learned the water drop trick from a scott and it was a cool uh cool to hear on the show yeah hmm. that's again you a little ice in there sometimes you just want it you want it temperature a little cooler you're not trying to water it down you just want it temperature a little cooler well, which and you, maybe you don't want dancing. it to water it down but maybe you want it to slowly trickle yeah. in a little bit of that water to get some of those oils on there it's a fine line to dance but you don't want too much so it uh <laughs> he did have one question uh, why do you refer to ABV for spirits when it's listed as proof on the label, at least in the U.S.? It makes sense for beer, but not so much for spirits. Uh, thanks for the great show. Brian from Denver. One of our... Uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, Brian. Hadn't heard from him in a while. I was glad to see. He's like, oh, good. He's, he's still around. Yes, uh, Brian, like, this is going to be weird because it's shaping up that this will be the first, like, since this show's been around, this will be the first year we might not get to see him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't have a trip out that way. Kind of weird. Uh, uh, I will say uh, on the reason of, of why to use ABV other than uh, proof, uh, simplicity. Most <laughs> of our beers are done ABV. Um, proof, you basically have to double it. That's more math. I don't want to do it. <laughs> I'm so, already drunk by the time we're talking about stuff, so... Yeah, hand that one over to Casey, but yeah, i got to say, it's also easier to compare it to what we usually talk about. Mm -hmm. So yeah. when we're talking about beers and we give, you know, the ABV percentage, and then when we talk about a spirit to give the ABV percentage, it kind of puts it more in line so you can see, holy crap, there's it's that much stronger than said beer, whereas in proof, there's no proof for a beer, at mm. least not that's given on the bottle. You could come up with my, one. But by scrolling missed part of the part of the email, I just realized. Oh. I was like, maybe um, he's just bypassing it's whatever, you know. I no, I but <laughs> my my mouse is set to scroll too much and I didn't realize. Gotcha. Uh he also does say uh, if you have a cocktail show uh by theme or around a certain spirit, uh, I'd like to suggest including a list of bar tools. There's a bunch of lists online, but I'd like to take you the essentials versus uh the nice to haves that often make those lists. That would uh, be good to have, we, actually. Yeah, uh, and and there have been talks about doing more cocktail shows. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and this is a good way because I, I was having a hard time trying to put my head around what kind of episodes we would do with cocktails. So this is a good episode. The bar tool, yeah, bar tools is actually yeah. really smart. We didn't thought about that. So actually. that was, yeah. we have, yeah. but it was in the sense of we had um, back at April Fool's Day uh, when. Oh yeah. Diamond Club, that was when we were exclusively on uh, DCTV. And we were like, oh, we were all together, and it happened to be April Fool's Day, and we were like, hey, let's do um, Iron Bartender, which is something we've We need to do that discussed. again at this we, nicer internet speed. Um. Yes, but <laughs> no, we were going to do it, and then come to find out, no, uh, Sergeant Muffin had decreed DCTV was nothing but... Uh, <laughs> I can't say I blame him. 
like that. Was, no, there was, was a, I forget what it was. It was a safety, safety dance. dance. It was the, safety, the video dance. safety dance. Yeah. The entire yeah. twenty four yeah. hour period, it was nothing but safety dance streaming. And we were just like, you know what? It was like job. not even well mad. Done. Well, no. we don't get to do it. We did it for everyone who was there, and it was fun. Which was a small crowd, and we had a blast doing it. We had someone bring a secret ingredient, which was which uh, was amazing. Hibiscus, hibiscus flower. Yeah, yeah it was hibiscus flower amazing. in uh, sweet syrup. And oh, yeah. we, so let's uh, let's answer this this question first though before yes, we head yes, on. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, so the reason we use ABV pretty much across the board is because that's the requirement for the U.S. government. Mm. The U.S. government actually only says on the bottle you are required to put ABV as a percent, and that is the only measurement that they actually look at. You are allowed to add proof to it if you would like, but it is not a requirement, and most. Um, most of your your distillers will put something on there, but it's more out of a, a nod to, to, to tradition. Um, the tradition was that if you mixed gunpowder with a 100 proof liquor, it was something that you could you could then ignite the gunpowder. Um, yeah. With that's. <laughs> no, fantastic! This needs to carry over. What an American uh, if thing. If it was under 50%, it would water the gunpowder down so that it was wet gunpowder and it wouldn't ignite. And so that's where you get the term proof. It was proof that the liquor was at least 50% alcohol or 100, 100 proof. So that term is largely out of use in official documents in the United States. I would hope um, so. It is used at, at interchangeably in the U.S., which is nice. You can do exactly two to one so for every percent abv is two uh points of proof and you say it basically uh this is 100 proof you don't say 100 degrees proof Hmm. um but it's not like that everywhere throughout the world is my understanding other places actually have a proof scale that may not be exactly one uh, two to one and so you kind of got to watch out the only international um international way to House look at pancakes. it yeah, is to say alcohol by volume or alcohol by weight um, and in the US ABV alcohol by volume is the the way that the federal government requires that you put it on a label okay. chap app has a uh, comment in the chat about that same with setting fire to moonshine had to be the correct color yeah um, if you've got a, a blue flame or a clear actually clear flame would clear be clear flame is the best yeah you can't see it but a blue flame is is good to have which is the most dangerous flame <laughs> that's why race car drivers are in a very in very <laughs> they're in they're in basically fireman's gear yeah, um, they'll jump out and start dancing around and you have no idea what's going on well they're they're burning alive that's yeah, that's what's going yeah. on <laughs> all right on that note uh time for the yeah. next segment <laughs> I mean, it seems like a good segue. No, no, it can't be a segment that we've been uh, we've been <laughs> teasing since uh, post show last last episode. This is a uh, what the hell has Amos been drinking? Ugh, it's like a party in my mouth, and everyone's throwing up. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know we had had the sounder for it. So we tried last week for the sounder, but for some reason it just... It broke, yeah. <laughs> it didn't want to work with us. So, okay, what the hell has Amos been drinking? <laughs> and Amos is just... Amos, in the chat... <laughs> I'll allow uh, it. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. All right, so the quote from Amos here. 
uh, on this drink. We're gonna. I want oh my you all gosh. to try and guess this one. I know, right? Taste... But I'm not saying this. <laughs> I'll, I'll read it. I don't care. Tastes like sweaty period panties dipped in rusty water. Quote Amos. Oh my god. Um, hmm. that is a very iron flavor. Okay, I'm sorry, but this the, the bumper actually works out perfectly well for this. Yeah, it does. <laughs> no, no. So Amos, for this to continue, you have to find the most disgusting stuff and drink it. <laughs> Otherwise, this segment dies. <sighs> I don't know so my this... guess, my guess on this one is that it's something amber, uh, some sort of amber flavored, and it may even be like I don't know. Does Goose Island have an amber? That would be what. <laughs> oh, Goose Island. Oh, that's it. Yes. Um, I'm gonna guess it's it's. Uh, I guess um, it's just their their three one two. Their three one two. I don't even know if that's amber true. or it's... a red beer. So it could be like a. a Irish red. I know, but I can't think of anything besides freaking Killian's, which doesn't even isn't even that bad. Oh my gosh, uh, Pilgrim <laughs> Pilgrim's Dole. I don't know. Pikeville Porter. We're seeing from uh, Justin in the chat there. Uh, no, oh no 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 no! That was the uh, chap had a question of a, uh, oh. was was it that beer from Pikeville? Oh, <laughs> it tastes like. Yeah, that was like the Pikeville Porter. It, it tastes coffee. Like it tastes it like. like uh, Coffee grounds in a Bud Light with a Folgers a coffee cigarette butts. It, it was. It was no. It was. It was a, a red can Folgers coffee and uh, Marlboro red cigarettes. <laughs> All right. So I'm interested. What was the beer? Yeah. What is it? Holy crap! I had saved it and now I can't find it. Give me two seconds. <laughs> you are kidding me. You are now. Who's kidding not me. ready? You failed me. You have one job. I oh, do that a lot because I end, okay, I found it. Okay, right. this tell was, us what it is, Ethan. Well, uh, panty seems to come back into play. Uh, panty peeler by Midnight Sun Brewing. Oh, I never would have guessed that. What is it? Style wise, it's yeah. a Belgian triple. Eight point five percent ABV, fifteen IBU. Uh, Free spirited panty peeler pours rambunctiously into your glass. Releasing its engaging aroma. Okay. <laughs> Bitter orange peel and coriander create a beautiful yet bolder triple by infusing color, citrus, and spice. Belgian yeast adds playful character. Bottle conditioning assures a perfectly heady experience. <laughs> Apparently. Your score. <laughs> I don't know. 96 to 98 out of 100. What is it? 96 to 98 out of 100. Oh on my gosh. And, he's, and he didn't like it at all, apparently. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Untapped um, score of 3.78. So that is well above wow. average. Okay, so Amos is just out of the... I mean, this <laughs> this is just the... Style. It comes down to... That is... Well, okay, one, it may come down to style. Two, maybe he got a bad bad batch of yeah. it. And, well, I'm not yeah. saying three, his, everything is subjective. So. I'm not True. saying his description is wrong. The beer you taste is the beer you taste. Exactly. One way or yes. the other. I, I know that. <laughs> like, yeah. Me Ms. having the weird taste buds and the weird. Miss Campbell's soup over there. Sniffer. Yeah. No, I just, I real I so badly want to click on that untapped and scroll down and see it as one of the top ones. I'm like, oh God. So if you do like the reviews that Amos is giving, you can also check him out with Kent over at Ritual Misery. Um, you can watch them at 
twitch.tv slash ritual misery holy yes. crap yeah uh so i usually listen yes. to ritual misery it kills me i can like our bedtime so early we can't sit up late we're 90 sorry yeah we can't <laughs> sit up late to watch them but uh i'll have to listen to it uh like the week after when i'm on the treadmill at the gym and i start cracking up for no reason well, it seems like everyone around me like i just start dying laughing and it's great i love this is what misery. podcasts are for awkward laughing moments yes yeah <laughs> so yeah uh check out ritual misery so that's what amos was drinking what have we been drinking drink with me friend well every sounder now seems seems less after hearing compared that, to fry the one for after <laughs> hearing fry I, i'm so mad it cut off but i think that was from the download because it was one of those like youtube to mb3 things mm. and i'm like yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right what are you guys drinking uh, yeah, you can. I'll let her take it. Kind of see it. So, uh, one of our favorite breweries, it turns out nowadays, uh, Off Color, who does a very good sati. Uh, anyway, but this one is called Hellbroth, which is the best name. Um, it is a, a Danish-inspired American wild ale, so it's kind of to theme. It's pretty much to theme <laughs> because it's done in collaboration with a Danish microbrewery. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that's true. Forgot about it'll that. make you. It'll make you kill someone listening in in the curtains. <laughs> God. Uh, so it's 6.3% ABV, 21 IBUs, which you cannot taste at all. Um, 4.16 out of 5 on Beer Advocate. Not bad. Uh, brewery's description. Brewed in collaboration with... Oh, jeez. Amager Burgess. Uh, Danish, Danish style wild ale. Brewed with... Cranberries, juniper berries, wild blossom honey, and lemon blossom honey. You can totally taste all that too. That's crazy sauce. Look at that. Um, look at that amazing color. No, I drank that. <laughs> Here, I've, like, I've got some slammed, left. Slammed, gone. It looks Loved like it. it looks and smells like a farmhouse ale, but uh, the taste is not the same. Uh, <laughs> what? No, that is extreme farmhouse. It it tastes okay. It it tastes um <clears throat> like it definitely has that uh, wild ale quality, but it does not taste exactly like a farmhouse. It's um gosh, I don't know. There's some kind of weird taste to it to me, but I like it. It's good, but it's not the same as exact. Like you you for some reason come in expecting with the color and the aroma and everything a farmhouse ale and that is not what you get <laughs> no it is farmhouse ale she's lying okay but but this been... is my weird taste buds like there's some kind of weird taste about it that and maybe it's because of the juniper which is not you know often standard in farmhouse ales um that it's that's like and the cranberries kind of seems weird now that i see that in there so maybe that had something to do with it too but um i liked it it was just off it was different than what you'd expect it to taste like. So I've got to cut in since it was uh, the two of us drinking the same beer. We have actually been cross-episode tasting uh, a selection of off-color ales. So uh, the what we started with during the news episode was off-color's barrel-aged growl, which is a quadruple ale aged in, barrel-aged in rye whiskey barrels. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll kind of give you a quick glimpse there if you're... The labels on their stuff is are just fantastic. The mice are just adorable and need to be on mm -hmm. everything. And she hasn't finished uh, her hell broth yet. No. Hell broth. But we've it's already moved name. on, or at least I have, and poured her some We're dino s'mores. 
Yeah. So this, is, this is a look at look at him in his little dinosaur outfit, the adorable little mouse. Uh, it's a Russian Imperial Stout with lactose added. This is supposed to be uh, obviously tasting like s'mores. I'm loving it. But in post show, we have a coffee dino s'mores that we will then be getting into from off color. This is very, very good, by the way. Sorry. Spoilers. Yeah. All right. Um, so I mentioned early on in the show, I had some trouble finding a beer for this episode. It was hard. Yeah. No difficult. <laughs> um, and Brittany was like, oh, I mean, you, we could find a way to cheat. And I'm like, no, I have to drink to style. It was Casey to. that was like, oh, just get something from oh. McKellar. And it's like, he's from there. He doesn't brew anything from there. <laughs> I had suggested uh, gin just because juniper. <laughs> That's not gin a, like, going to be real... my last resort. Yeah. Uh, so I could drink it, the sea, the man, <laughs> the fish, the boat. They're all it's gin. All gin. <laughs> it's all gin. Um, That's a few episodes ago. You guys the, turn, tune in for that. That's the stuff. metaphor. That's the metaphor of uh, of the man in the sea, by the way. In case you're wondering, it's all gin. If you want to get uh, that joke, go uh, go listen to our gin. Our episode. gin, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I was like, which episode? So, is that? Um, I go hunting around. I can't find anything because at first I was like, okay, sati. I know for a fact this is correct. Mm. Brittany finally goes like, well, how about the ba- how about a Baltic porter? So, to beer advocate, I go <laughs> Baltic porter. Try to find something on the list that lines up. Beer Advocate classifies this as a Baltic Porter, although the bottle says Imperial Porter. Hmm. It's a uh, 9.2% ABV, 85% IBUs, and Beer Advocate gives the score 4.02 out of five. Uh, Not bad, still high ABV. Uh, so, uh, what it is is uh, the <laughs> it is Gonzo from Flying Dog. Hmm. Mm. They, again, they call it Imperial Porter. Beer Advocate says Baltic Porter. But I'm going to go with Beer Advocate because I couldn't find anything else. <laughs> We're going to use pretend and it's a straight Baltic. Yep. <laughs> um, I felt a little better as we went up earlier in the episode. We talked about how the Imperial style of porters comes from this region. So I was like, okay. Yep. All right. Maybe if, you know I can justify this a little bit easier now. Uh, their description is uh, Gonzo is big, bold, and beautiful, like the man it was brewed in honor of. I mean, Hunter S. Thompson was not that large. <laughs> he was, however, bold and. When you're confined to a wheelchair, it's hard to be that. Uh, <laughs> you know, let's just I mean, on. even when he was in his prime, he's. Yeah. Uh, anyway, roasted chocolate, coffee, vanilla, malt, uh, coffee and vanilla malt flavor are balanced with a unique hop bite. Mm-hmm. Buy the ticket and take the ride, pairing it with blue cheese, smoked meats, barbecue, chili, chocolate, and coffee desserts. Oh, my God. I read that after I started drinking. I was like, man, I want some blue cheese with this then. Okay, oh. I never want blue cheese, but like I would want that with tiramisu. That's totally fine. Mm. I could have this with some barbecue. I'll say that. I could uh, have literally anything with barbecue, though. Like, well, <laughs> it it is. Uh, my first taste, I'll say, is different than the taste I'm getting now. Huh. Uh, it's very dry, and it's very. Uh, it's not soup. It's not as hoppy as you as it. The description makes it sound to be. Uh, but the first thing I tasted was an all was an odd saltiness. All, well, not quite salty, but it's earthy, but it's almost salty like character. Hmm. And I just went, Yarr, it tastes like the sea. <laughs> uh, but 
as it's uh, as it's gone on, uh, I, it does, I don't get that flavor anymore. I'm getting a lot more. I am still getting the earthy flavor. I'm still getting, but I'm getting like roasted chocolate more, mm. and I'm getting. Uh, get, but but it is still very dry. Uh, it is not a, a this is not a pounder. <laughs> like but, I, I'm like I'm just one one of these in, and I'm like eh, that's about as far as I've gotten so far. That as this whole like, episode has gone by. That's like my perfect drink. <laughs> and plus, Flying Dog is on that like top five list for us. I feel like at this point, where like. I don't recall actually any beer from Flying Dog that I've had that I'm like, meh. <laughs> no, no, right? I believe everyone but me was kind of meh on the, uh, oh, what was it? That one I brought over, crap. The uh, Cobbler, Peach Cobbler. Mm. Oh, well, okay, I don't like peach, so. Eh. It, it was, uh, I it will was say this this one is ale. very heavily, uh, the, the Gonzo is, is very heavily dark chocolate, so you're not looking for milk chocolate, you're oh. looking... That's perfect. That's my jam. <laughs> um, but no, I, D- Flying Dog, I will always remember from uh, that time when we tried the different stouts. and The um, Pearl Necklace. The Pearl Necklace. The Oyster oh, yeah. Stout. It's the only Oyster Stout I've ever had. But my God, I prefer that over uh, Oatmeal Stout any day. I don't know how you perfect. Can, I don't know how many oyster stouts there are, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, no, I mean, but... I don't know. But it's, it's, it was amazing. Like, it was just perfect. Like, their stuff has been fantastic so far. Okay, we've danced around it long enough. I have to know what Casey's drinking. <laughs> so, it's gone now. Yeah, it is it almost is gone. Now. It um, sounds delicious now that I look at it. Quick story. <laughs> I went shopping today to try to find some very Nordic Scandinavian ingredients. And came back I knew. Uh, well, <laughs> hold on just a minute there. I went and looked, and I found a few things that I, I really liked on on this because I knew I wasn't going to be able to find a Scandinavian beer like that in my area. That's just not happening. If you all could find it, I definitely couldn't. Yeah. And I know I had some things back home I could could mix, and we'll talk about here in just a second. But I went and purchased. I was thinking in my head, pickled herring. Mm. What I picked up was Javeltafish. Javeltafish, <laughs> which is not pickled herring. No. <laughs> and is. Probably not from that region, really, specifically. No. Nope. But I was like, okay, I want to go ahead and try it. I opened the jar in my kitchen. Every single cat in the house came into the kitchen. <laughs> Every single, all four of them were in there meowing at me. Sure. I was like, they, they really, guys, I had to open a can of tuna and give it to them. Because it's it, like the, the Javelta fish, like they smelled it and they wanted fish. That's amazing. <laughs> So that said, I they call. Come up going, you holding, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> right now. We know. We know what you it got. Took me a minute, because all of them like were really meowing at me quite loudly, and I was like, "What is going on? What? What is it?" And then I realized, oh, it's the the Javelta fish in my hand. But anyways, the cocktail that I have today, I actually created this one. I kind of thought, what what do I have, and what could I get to create this cocktail? And I really like what it, what happened. Hmm. Um, so I call this the Nordic Toast and Jelly. <laughs> and it starts off with a whiskey that today was the first, or I mean, not a whiskey, but a uh, a liquor that today was the first time that I tried it, and I want two bottles from my liquor cabinet right now. Oh wow! Now. Oh, uh, Brennavin's Iceland Aquavit, and so it is a caraway flavored spirit. Huh. It's got caraway is the main flavor in it. Um, it's got a little bit of dill, some dried oregano, malted 
uh, kind of flavors in there, a little sage and some patchouli, but mostly it's that dill and caraway that, so that a, come through. Like a savory uh, liquor. <laughs> What's that? A savory liquor. Very much so. Um, think vodka, but it smells like a vodka infused with rye, caraway rye bread. Mm, that's fine. So that yep. Really good. You're getting ready to bite into a, uh, a great uh, sandwich with, with sauerkraut and all that. A Reuben. You're getting ready to bite into oh. a great Reuben. That's kind of the flavor that you get or the aroma and flavor you get. Reuben's like my favorite thing in the world. Oh. So it, it this this vod or this stuff has a great flavor to it. I want more of this because it's delicious. It, you go back to those those licorice flavors. This isn't licorice aquavit. It is very much that that caraway flavor. And so while I was out shopping today, I found some ligamberry or ligamberries. Yes. And oh. I was like, those are right. very much from this region. You found ligamberries back home? Seriously? I found ligamberry jam. I would be with more, that's, but that's what you get. Yeah, yeah. I'd uh, be more surprised if you found cloudberry jam. Oh that's my even god! Oh, um, cloudberry jam. Clouds don't have berries. <laughs> they do, they're, and they're, they're only found. In they're like, from Finland. They're um, only found in Finland and Norway, and they're delicious. They're so good. Okay, um, but lingonberries. So, side note. Sorry, not important. Uh, lingonberries are amazing, and we can get them here in Cincinnati at Jungle Gyms. Um, they're they say they're from Sweden. That's great and everything, but they're also from Finland. And um, they uh, they use the lingonberries on... Um, She's so excited. Very rarely did they actually use it as a sweet thing. They use it for meat. So mm-hmm. they'll use... Um, they'll, they'll put lingonberries on um, bear and on um, uh, reindeer and um, other game meats. So they'll, they'll, it'll taste like awesome that way. So it's almost mm-hmm. like for us, I think the comparison would be like we like I don't know if this is like regional or whatever, but like my mom used to make um, a cherry sauce for ham. So it's kind of like a, a like a rich berry with a uh, kind of a salty meat and the, or a gamey meat sometimes. Yeah, it's really good. Anyway. Sorry. <laughs> so uh, the Brennavim was brought to me. Um, I had some family that visited Iceland and they brought that was their their little gift that they brought back the little souvenir. And so I, I saved it for a good time. And, and today seemed like a perfect time to use it. So I knew that was going to be one of my ingredients. I also knew that I only had an airplane bottle size of it. <laughs> and so I went and picked up a product of Sweden, Svedka vodka, Svedka. Uh. because why not? And I mixed together the vodka and the ligonberry jam and about a one-to-one ratio. And let them sit for most of the day. Then at the end, it's a hundred proof, uh, hundred proof vodka, uh, the ligonberries, and it's so it made this gelatinous type of of mixture. Yeah. I then strained that through a coffee filter, and so it came back out as just an infused vodka without the gelatinous to it. So no no jelly, just the vodka colored and flavored with the ligonberries. Well, then you kind of oh, dipped yourself. Isn't a jelly, it's a jam. She can't. <laughs> oh, God. Like that. Are we going um, into that one? Wow. It's not even so the last thing I did was I took that jelly gelatinous mixture and poured that into a plate, used that to start a rim on a martini glass, and then took some sea salt, their birch smoked sea salt from Iceland. Again, another one of these gifts that I got back from that trip. Um, and so rimmed the glass with ligonberry jam and a smoked sea salt. 
Oh, God. So then I took uh, <laughs> equal parts of the Aquavit and equal parts of that infused vodka, shook them together, poured them into the into the martini glass with that smoked rim on it. Amazing. It, it So it's not a sweet cocktail. It's a martini-like cocktail. The ligamberries come in and taste a little bit like a cranberry. Yeah. And so you get a you get almost a cosmopolitan type of flavor to it, but it's very savory with the smokiness of that that rim, that saltiness on there as well, and it all comes in together and it's amazing. It tastes like the Baltic Sea meets meets all these different I flavors. I expect I expect to be served one of these when I come home. I was going to say next time we come home, guess what? <laughs> you he better have your next time he comes up your way. He can't. Oh, no, he used all of his Aquavit. I don't care. He can't right. do it again. No, we'll figure this out. I don't can, though, because you can are... always buy more Aquavit. And I can always no. buy lingonberries. No, you can't, actually. And that's one of the things that I was actually looking at. The only store that isn't, so there's a couple liquor stores in Louisville that sell it, but the only store that I found in the state of Kentucky that we can get to is actually close to Chris and Brittany's house, and I need them to buy some and bring it back. Uh, I say, Cincinnati is actually a, a vast If I can't you know, get it at Jungle Gems, liquor area. Yeah, yeah, no Ohio. It's not distributed in Ohio at all. Oh, it may not be recorded since it's just last year that Ohio could, you know, have any proof or ABV. Mm. Oh, it's a liquor. It's it's thirty seven and a half percent ABV. So yeah, it's 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 very much a liquor. So We're Casey, figuring this out though is the point here. So like, Casey I'm, wins I'm in the uh, having the most traditional beverage. Now, because he uh, just took traditional kind of to the traditional region. Most but traditional it's not a beer. drink that he just made up. Yes. Yeah. He but made it up, but it is the most. Like, he's like, no, I'm going to take all these ingredients that are all traditional things. I'm going to shake them together and I'm going to drink it. Aww. I want to go to Finland so bad. <laughs> 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 this whole episode just makes me think, like, God, I want to go to Finland. Okay. So the the cloud berries for those who are like confused, um, we so I bought because you've met me. We've had cloudberry um, jam here for a while. And lingonberries. And lingonberries. But, um, so there was this episode on Travel Channel of um, Andrew Zimmern's show, uh, thing where he like, eats weird crap. Uh, but <laughs> so he went to Finland. Now, the Andrew Zimmern thing was actually really great because he was like, uh, he was with like traditional, um, this old woman who did not know English at all. And um, <laughs> she was like, uh, that they, they ate um, bear there. That's when he had the lingonberries with the bear. Um, but he went and picked fresh cloudberries in Finland and mm. described them as having the taste of like, um, honeydew melon and, um, like a bunch of other berry flavors together somehow. It's not wrong. Like It's so good. They're amazing. Like if you find them anywhere, um, those and, and lingonberries for that matter. But he also like described how Finland has like really basic, but amazing, um, flavorings for their stuff. Like, I mean, fish is is pretty prevalent but it's it's all they use salt and butter like that's that's their seasoning for the most part and then they'll just throw some lingonberries on some stuff so it sounds like, like my it sounds like my dinner today yeah so like it's, so it's perfect i'm not trying to call out some of our chat folks here but cloudberries grow in alaska oh. they probably do and the fact is i think so they're they're in Finland and I think they're actually in Sweden too. We're just gonna ignore that part. I think but it's, like, uh, they grow um, in the Arctic Circle. Yeah, like it's, just it's below an Arctic, the Arctic Circle, Circle thing. Circle. Uh, Ar- I feel like Brittany's becoming more and more racist towards Swedes. It's that. Um, <laughs> no, it, no, she just said it. It's that. 
Cheers. It's that. The Finno Swedes are like racist against Finland, which I'm like, you freaking live there. Anyway, uh, like even Patrick Beja, like his his wife is Finnish, but she actually is a Finno Swede, so she speaks Swedish. They're not even trying to like learn Finnish. They're like about Swedish, and I'm like, mm, I guess. But um, <laughs> there's there's yeah there's a weird thing going on there. But no, the Cloudberry thing is is I'm not surprised they're in Alaska because they're um, I think it's an Arctic Circle thing. Like it's probably the climate that they're supposed to they're they're best grown in. For example, mm-hmm. they're best grown um, in climates that are used to trolls. <laughs> right. So cool. yeah, yeah I'm on. All right. <laughs> that kind of troll. Yeah. <laughs> so wrapping up here. You can visit us at haveadrinkshow.com for useful links and info about us, this show, and various different topics we talk about. Also, look for Have a Drink Show on social media, twitch.tv, and YouTube. Uh, be like Brian. You can ask us, you can t- uh, tell us your favorite drink, ask a question, or just leave some general feedback. We'll read it on the show. You, uh, any Anything. Okay, maybe not anything. Um, this is not the place to send your manifesto. But uh, you can use the email address feedback at haveadrinkshow.com. You can also use the feedback page uh, on the site. And please, everybody, all joking and fun aside, I'm going to remind everyone, drink responsibly. Come on. I'm not going anywhere. She's not going anywhere. They're not going anywhere. You don't know me. If you're going to go somewhere, use Lyft or Uber. (laughs) Come on. I'm I'm in my comfy pants. I'm not going anywhere. (laughs) It's too easy to get a ride nowadays. Mm -hmm. As as one of our uh, folks in the chat also mentioned, just want to put out there that we do have a new show that comes on right before the show every weekend on a Saturday. You can catch us live on twitch.tv at 7.30. For that show, or it has a streaming or a uh, a podcast stream of its own, an RSS feed, and on that you can go and search for "Have a Drink News." We cover uh, about eight stories a week. We just now started that one up, so go check it yeah. out. We're on episode two at this point. Um, <clears throat> so check us out next Saturday for on this show for our next live episode, and remember to check out Patreon.com/slash Have a Drink Show. Once again, I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. I'm Christopher Walker. And I'm Casey Price. We'll see you next time. Bye. Post show, find out what coffee dino s'mores is all about. (laughs) And a momo. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this broker. <laughs> 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 <laughs>